0: Hey, it's Round of K coming to you live from Magnificent Middle, Tennessee, and hey, I was supposed to cue up some tunes there for you. All right, there we go. I'll do a little more exciting start. Good evening to all y'all, and welcome to this Sunday evening edition of Bible News Radio. Um, make it sound like <laughs> make it sound like a top 40 show or something like that. Counting down the hits with you actually better than the top 40 we're going to be looking at scripture tonight because this is Sunday evening and Sunday evening around these parts at least for now we do Sunday in the scriptures gonna poke my head into the platforms to see that we're going okay and that uh, all y'all are with me all all is well on Facebook And it looks like YouTube is up and going all right. Fade out that little happy tune. Yeah, I will. Not very eloquently, but hey. All right. And then uh, Twitch is good to go, it looks like. All right. So if you're out there on any of those platforms and want me to give you a shout out, be sure to type something in the chat. Um, because otherwise I just see a viewer count, I don't know who it is that's watching. So if you want me to say hello to you by name, go ahead and put something there in the chat room of whatever platform you have to be on. Of course, if you're listening to one of the audio podcasts, there isn't a chat room, but you are welcome, of course, to review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening in, and if you want to contact us, you know, give us some feedback on this program or other things, there is a feedback form on the website BibleNewsRadio.com. Yes, .com, it's not a commercial enterprise, but uh, it wasn't a nonprofit when the URL was secured. Uh, this is now a production of a nonprofit ministry, Heart Tug International. And uh, we're we'll working on a new website, and so we'll get all that straightened out for you. But, um, so, if you want to give feedback, head on over to BibleNewsRadio.com. And forgive me for not looking at the camera while I click off some notifications that are popping up my on my other screen. Um, so BibleNewsRadio.com, and there's a page on there i it's contact, I don't remember what it is, but there's a feedback form where you can get in touch with us. And if you're so inclined to support this nonprofit endeavor, looking for a, a tax break for your hard-earned money uh, and want to support this endeavor, there's also a give page on that site, BibleNewsRadio.com. All gifts are tax deductible um, to Heart Tug International. And that's the way it'll show up. Uh, when you give. Alright, so tonight we're going to be looking at 1 John, uh, chapter 2, because I was reading it recently, and let me switch to our show title here, there we go, New and Not New Commandments. Uh, Recently in my uh, evening time with a brother reading, well, reading together but separately, if you're not familiar with what, what that's all about, uh, beginning with uh, a church in Chicagoland area and moving its way through us, my uh, beautiful beloved bride, Stacey Lynn Harp, and I have been doing uh, something called God Time Together, where it's a virtual meeting uh, using Zoom communications. A group of people, two or more, (laughs) are gathered together and spend a few minutes checking in, just see how everybody's going, and announce where from the Bible you will be reading. And then for 20 minutes or so, shut off your camera, shut off your microphone, and you go read for 20 minutes, whatever it is you've decided to read in the Bible. Come back after that 20 minutes and uh, report on what you've read you know, what uh, stood out to you, maybe what uh, the Holy Spirit had shown you in that time, or maybe you've seen something, you know, in a new way, and hopefully an application for your life. Anyway, I've been doing uh, God Time together uh, in the evenings uh, with a very dear and long time friend of mine, and then the mornings with uh, someone else, and Stacy Lynn has a group going, group of women uh, two three times a week, I'm not sure, and uh, doing that very thing, the the God time together, or if you want to consider it the Bible reading accountability group, and coming up on the ticker for those watching in the video uh, broadcast, uh, you'll see that you can text three three two two two, send an SMS message, and uh, text the term team unstuck all concatenated, Team Unstuck as one word, because you don't want to be stuck, right? Team Unstuck to 33222 for Bible Reading Accountability. And you can get, um, yeah, you'll get in one of those the groups uh, for Bible Reading Accountability, the Brags or the God Time Together, the GTT groups. Um, also, if uh, you want to just show updates and things that are going on, you can text to that same number three three two two two. Only text the term "Bible News." Again, two words that are concatenated together because that's the way SMS works. You have to has to be a one word kind of thing. So, text "Bible News" to three three two 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 threes three twos, and that uh, then you'll get announcements of the. Uh, uh, what's coming on the show, other things, what's going on in our daily disciples group on Facebook as far as our reading schedule and um, just updates on other things as they unfold. Uh, sometimes there are contests, you know, giveaways, things like that. So if you would just want to be in the know of what's going on in the Bible News Radio community and you're not on that text message list, go ahead, text Bible News two three three two two two. Um, if you want to be in Bible counting uh, Bible reading accountability, either either joining one of those God time together groups or you can just um, yeah the, the team unstuck to three three two 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 that'll get you on the text message that just says, hey where are you reading? It'll remind you to read and you can text back where you're reading in the scripture uh, that day. Um, Because it's so important to be a daily disciple, and the word daily, so that will help you be accountable. And then if you want to be part of the video conference group of God Time Together, then um, I think, I don't run the text messaging, Stacey Lynn does that, it seems like you could send a message besides just what you're reading, the scripture reference that you're reading that day, you might indicate that you're interested in getting into a, a... a video conference group to do that on um, a near-daily basis. Alright, I say all that to give you the context for which I have been reading uh, the first epistle of John uh, in the evening, God Time Together, and as I was reading chapter 2 on Thursday, Thursday evening, believe it was, I saw something in a new light. I came to a new understanding of it. Whether it's, you know, holds up or not, you be the judge of that. God be the judge of that. Uh, but we'll get into that shortly. I just want to make sure that I'm not missing giving anyone a shout out. No, I guess you all want to view anonymously, and that's just fine. All right. So, let me yes, queue up my slide deck here. That's where I want to be. Only I don't want my mug on there. All right. So, since we're looking at the scripture, we're we're looking at, you know, a book that has God's fingerprints all over it. If you study the history of the Bible, um, uh, from its proponents and its opponents and, uh, just see how it has miraculously survived for one. And then, um, it's, it's, um, you know, just its content, uh, historical content, prophetic content, and, um and just the cohesiveness of it all the 66 books written on three different continents over a a period of um you know 1500 years or so and uh, by 40 plus different authors and uh, and the cohesiveness there it's a pretty amazing book Um, so it's been miraculously preserved throughout the ages for our instructions so i believe Uh, It should be approached with reverence and prayerfully uh, to the ultimate author of it. So let us do that now. Father God, we are grateful for your word that gives us everything we need uh, pertaining to life and godliness. Uh, We pray that as we read, as we listen, as we look, Lord, that it would find root in our hearts. Uh, that we would live lives that are that are pleasing to you, Lord, and uh, beneficial to our fellow man, and that, of course, will lead us uh, in a way that, um, Lord, is is good for all. And so we offer ourselves in this time to you to use as you will. Instruct us, Holy Spirit. We ask it in the name. Of the Master Yeshua Messiah. All right, let's throw, um, let's throw my slide up here, my title slide, and well, we'll get rid of the title uh, lower third there. That slips away, and then all right, we're looking at First John, uh, chapter two looking at the new and not new commandments specifically Okay, why didn't that? There we go. <laughs> Wasn't coming up right away. Here's our text. I'm reading from the literal standard version, LSV. And if you're watching on your phone, the text is probably really too tiny to read, so it's a good thing I'm going to read it out loud. The Apostle John, Yohanan, he wrote, 1 John chapter 2, verses 7-14, through 14, Beloved, I do not write a new commandment to you, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light now shines. He who is saying he is in the light and is hating his brother, he is in the darkness until now. He who is loving his brother, he remains in the light, and there is not a stumbling block in him. But he who is hating his brother, he is in the darkness, and he walks in the darkness, and he has not known where he goes, because the darkness blinded his eyes. I write to you, little children, because sins have been forgiven you through his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, little youths, because you have known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I wrote to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God remains in you, and you have overcome the evil one. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Okay, then. Just want to make sure not miss anything in the chat. Okay. Now, something that stood out to me uh, this time. Again, why is <laughs> it? It's kind of delayed there with my virtual uh, clicker there to go to the next slide. Anyway, let me just go through. So, John writes that he does not write a new commandment. Beloved, I do not write a new command to you, but an old command that you had from the beginning. The old command is the word that you heard from the beginning. Um, Notice this phrase, you know, that you had in the beginning. The old command is a word that you heard heard from the beginning. Uh, The beginning... I think, alludes to the Hebrew scriptures beginning with Genesis or Bereshit, which means Bereshit, which means, you know, in the beginning. As we read in the English, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And I think about Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, when Yeshua, Jesus, was talking to those religious leaders who were um, questioning him about um divorce and in which case it was allowable and because they were you know coming from persuasion uh some of them thought one could divorce their wife for just any reason Uh, more the school of um would that be machmanides and then some that were a little more or was he the more um Uh, conservative rabbi, I don't know, Hillel, there was another school of thought under the rabbi, Hillel, that says, it was a little more conservative, that um, uncleanness, that um, one could divorce his wife for uncleanness, as recorded in the Law of Moses, was because of sexual immorality, and so there were the two camps. Was it just like any reason? Is uncleanness is anything that displeases you? Or is it uh, because of marital unfaithfulness? And, and the response of Yeshua, Jesus is basically, hey, you're... You're talking about marriage as if it's some man-made institution. Let's take you back to what is in the word. And he, Yeshua, answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? So... Throughout the scriptures, um, both Old Testament and New Testament, there is this um, association uh, of the beginning uh, with, with the Hebrew scriptures. And so, when John writes that, I'm not writing to you a new command, but an old command, that you had from the beginning the old command is the word that you had from the beginning that, that there's no need to for John to write something new that 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 the new testament is not necessarily new and i don't mean the new testament well, I do mean the New Testament, the writings of the early church, but I also mean the New Testament of Jeremiah chapter 31, the New Covenant. It's not necessarily new. It's it's prophesied of old, and uh, it's promised of old. And the old, context, old Testament gives us the context for the Messiah. Uh, Yeshua, Jesus didn't come in a vacuum and just say, hey, I'm the latest greatest incarnation of God. And here's a new thing. No, that, um, there's this context, the old Testament. And so, um, maybe you've heard the, the, um, the term completed Jew for a messianic Jew. It's not like it's not like when someone comes to faith in Yeshua as Messiah that they're leaving Judaism. They may be leaving rabbinical Judaism and a cultural traditional in favor of biblical Judaism, but it, it's completing. You know, the Old Testament is about, it's pointing forward to Messiah. And so, John, when he's writing this group of believers in his first epistle he says i don't write a new command to you there's there's not a necessity of a new command everything we need to know about the nature of god and the nature of man god's holiness man's sinfulness is is found in the old testament in the hebrew scriptures you know when the apostle paul wrote to timothy and he wrote all scripture is inspired of god or god-breathed and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and exhortation etc he wasn't talking about his own letters his own epistles he was he wasn't talking about peter's epistles or the gospels when paul was right about the scriptures all scriptures are god-breathed he was talking about the hebrew scriptures those were the written scriptures that existed in, in Paul's day and and he wouldn't be talking about his own writings as scripture yes he was moved by the Holy Spirit those scriptures God breathed as well but when he's writing to Timothy and as he talks to Timothy about the scriptures and about all scriptures He's referring to the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. Um, so they been very instrumental in the early church, first century church. Those were the scriptures they had. Yes, the letters were, Paul wrote some letters, Peter, John, as we're reading those. Um, from the apostles' point of view, when Paul went into a synagogue and preached that Yeshua was Messiah, he preached from the Hebrew Scriptures, from the Old Testament. And so John, all that to say, John writing, he says, I, I do not write to a new commandment, There's but an old commandment. There's um, there's n- not a, a need necessarily to write any kind of new commandment because the commandments that are contained in the Hebrew Scriptures are... Uh, are sufficient for revealing the nature of God and the nature of man. See, next slide. Yeah, just like Messiah, Yeshua, John did not intend to supplant uh, nor nullify the Hebrew Scriptures. And I'm parking back to what... Yeshua, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, do not suppose that I came to throw down the law or the prophets. I did not come to throw down, but to fulfill. I didn't come to destroy it and toss them on the, hash, the ash heap of history, but to fulfill. He fulfilled the commandments in his, in his earthly life, in a body of flesh, he did not sin. He was tempted in every way we are yet without sin. He lived a perfect life. He lived to the letter and spirit of the law, but also he fulfilled the prophecies that are in the law, prophecies of the Messiah. Um, did not come to destroy or throw down, but to fulfill. Um So when I say that John did not intend to supplant or nullify the Hebrew Scriptures, I'm not saying that the believer Messiah must live according to the law, that the law is what saves you. I've I've read the New Testament, and I've read the Old Testament. Uh, Even without the New Testament, you know, it's clear that uh, man cannot live up to the, the law of Moses. It, it's a it's a great goal, it's not a bad goal, but it's just not within us to do it. Heck, when there was only one law, you shall not eat of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. Uh, the man, the first man, the woman couldn't keep that, let alone, you know, 613 commandments contained in the Torah, and the law, you know, in the books of Moses. Uh, it's just not within us, which is why we need a savior. So I'm certainly not advocating um, that, you know, following the law is a necessity, not that we should, you know, sin that grace may abound, uh, but we ought not to throw down or, uh, you know, throw out the Old Testament on the ash heap of history. Uh, because it's very important. It re- reveals to us the nature of God, the nature of man, and uh, the prophecies and promises of Messiah and beyond, besides. So, all that, <laughs> and John is not writing a new commandment, but that the word that you've heard from the beginning, I believe that that's what he was referring to. That um, it was not necessary for him to write a, a new commandment. They have the word which was from the beginning. That scripture that is God-breathed, that is inspired and is profitable for doctrine and, and reproof and exhortation. All those things that uh, Paul says to, or Paul wrote to Timothy. Alright, where's my virtual clicker? And... So John writes, First John, chapter 2, verse 8a, the first part. He says, or wrote, Again, a new commandment I write to you, which is true in him and in you. So is he writing a new commandment or not? No, he's not writing a new commandment in terms of Revealing the nature of God and the nature of man, God's holiness, man's sinfulness, uh, the Old Testament scriptures, the word they had from the beginning, is sufficient uh, for that and, and tells us, you know, it contains the prophecies and promises of Messiah. And so it's not necessary to write a new command, but he does write a new command, which is true in him and in you. And the new commandment, I believe he's writing, is the literal embodiment of the New Testament, the New Covenant. And the New Covenant, the New Testament, we read about in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 33 and 34. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Yisrael after those days. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will each teach his neighbor or his brother, saying, No, Adonai, for they will all know me and the least of them to the greatest, it is a declaration of Adonai. For I will forgive their iniquity, their sin I will remember no more. So that's the new commandment, that is the New Testament, and that is uh, the, the Messiah himself. He did not come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill. Um, literally... Um. Uh, he became the embodiment of you know the everything that the law is. Messiah lived that uh, perfect life according to the law and according to the prophecy of the law as the promised Messiah, and I love what John writes here. He says, "A new commandment I give which is true in Him and in you." Um it's not just true on paper is true in him because the the new testament the promise of this new covenant is fulfilled is is brought forth and 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 empowered come to fruition realization in messiah in yeshua jesus and in you, as with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, for those who call upon him, um, uh, I will write it on their heart. I will find Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. So no longer on tablets of stone, uh, nor on scrolls of parchment, but written in the hearts of people. Um, the arrival, the life, the death, and resurrection of Messiah—all fulfillment of the prophecies and promises of the Hebrew Scriptures. Um. So there is a new command. There's not. There's not a need for a, an old. There's not a need for a new command in terms of John saying, "Hey, I'm not writing an old command to you," because you have the word which was from the beginning you have the written word and of course with messiah we have the the living word become flesh Uh, the word become flesh and that dwelt among us that dwelt among humanity and and now with his gift of the comforter of the holy spirit uh he is within and so there, there is a new commandment. There is a New Testament, and that's which is true in him and Messiah, and also in you, because of the indwelling of Messiah, because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the Father. We can get into that from uh, John's Gospel, chapter 14. But I want to keep on this uh, old and new uh, commandment thing for a bit here. And since I... Came up from my slides for a moment. Let me pop out to the chat rooms. Yep, you're all being quiet. I guess you're just all um, riveted with this, which is not a bad thing. All right. Randall K, next slide, if you would. All right, here we go. The rest of that verse, First John 2, verse 8, because the darkness is passing away and the true light now shines. Doesn't that remind you of John's gospel? Uh, chapter 1, verse 9, when he writes of Messiah, when he writes of Yeshua, he was the true light, which enlightens every man coming into the world. When Yeshua came, uh, he he was that true light, and now he enlightens every man, every man that puts his trust in him. Again, it's, it's this new commandment. It's not on stone or scrolls. It's written on the hearts of people. Um, he does write this new commandment because... The, it's true in him. It's true in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light now shines uh, with with the with the resurrection of Messiah and His giving of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Um, the darkness is passing away. That time of um, of. Uh, inherit, inherit sinfulness and separation from God because of what Messiah has accomplished and eternal life is in him and those who are have him now have the true light uh, you know those folks who have placed their faith in Messiah Yeshua Jesus have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the into the kingdom of marvelous light. I'm also reminded of what Peter writes in his second ep- second epistle, second uh, Peter one verse nineteen he says, and we have a more prof- a more firm prophetic word to which we do well giving heed, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until day may dawn and the morning star may arise in your hearts. Man, there's a lot to unpack here in Second Peter, in context, and I don't want to, um, because we've looked at this before. I don't want to go into too much detail, but in in context, there in Second Peter, chapter one, Peter is saying of the apostles as they've been preaching the gospel that they're not coming with any you know, clever fables, you know, they're not inventing stuff. They're not making stuff up. This is not, uh, some new thing, but, uh, and it's not something that, that is not falsehood. They're not making up stories that they beheld Messiah in the flesh and they heard the voice from heaven, uh, confirming his identity, uh, of the father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Um, he says, you know, we we have this personal interaction with Messiah. We have the confirmation uh, from the Father, but even more than that, even more than our personal experience of walking, talking, living with Messiah, that he says we have a more firm prophetic word, more so than a voice from heaven. We have a more firm prophetic word, and that is the prophecies concerning Messiah, the prophecies and promises concerning Messiah in the Old Testament. He says we have a more firm prophetic word, more firm than our experience, more firm than the confirmation of the heavenly voice We have a more firm prophetic word which told us who Messiah would be, that we would recognize him, the prophecies and promises concerning Messiah that points to Yeshua beyond a doubt. And in this more firm prophetic word, he says, to which we do well, giving heed as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day may dawn and the morning star may arise where? In your hearts. Again, not in stone, not in, not in scrolls, but the word, uh, this prophetic word, become flesh, we do well to give heed to the Hebrew scripture, the Old Testament, as a lamp, a lamp to our, you know, light to our path, lamp to our feet in a dark place until um, that... Um, That, uh, you know, that light shines within us, in our hearts, Um, that that new commandment, which is true in him and in you. Uh, There's just, there's like so much here, Um, but I don't want to lose the momentum and get away from it. Um, There's just so much packed in these, in this one verse to start. Uh, about this new commandment that he's right that you know John's saying I don't write a new commandment to you because the old commandment is sufficient for what you need to know but I do write a new commandment because this goes beyond intellectual knowledge and familiarity with personal relationship with an indwelling of Messiah uh, when faith is placed in him. Uh, and that's what's new about it is the the old the old has been embodied you know the word has become flesh and dwelt among us and uh, that the promised messiah has come and fulfilled the law and is is everything that uh the, the old testament says he is um, you know, I think of in John chapter 14, uh, Yeshua there being with, um, the apostles and, and Philip says, show us the father and that'll be enough for us. That'll be sufficient. And Yeshua answers him and says to him, have I been with you so long, Philip? And you have not known me. He who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? So, that character of God that is revealed in the Hebrew Scriptures in the Old Testament was certainly revealed in the person of Yeshua. Alright. Next. <clears throat> um, I was reminded of... Obviously, Paul was reminded of the same dynamic... In second Corinthians uh, chapter four, verse six, Paul writes, For God who said Let there shine Let light shine out of darkness is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Messiah. Again, <laughs> there's a lot of unpacking there that takes some familiar with the old testament uh isaiah chapter 42 uh for example and of course genesis 1 1 and and i think of zephaniah that talks about light uh, out of you know among the gentiles the light is shown in the darkness but god who said that china of the darkness is the one who was shown in our hearts um and same god to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Messiah again. He's shown in our hearts it, It's not what's written on stone or in the scrolls The light that God has given the true light that now shines is shines in our hearts to give us knowledge of the glory of God, which is in the face of Messiah uh, the writer of Hebrews says he is the express image of of the invisible god. Messiah is. Anyway, such good stuff. We could tear apart that one. Not tear it apart, like like discredit it, but like dissect it and and you we pretty much word by word and find it's Origins and homes and empowerment from the Old Testament with Paul is talking there. You know someone I mean he was a Pharisee of Pharisees uh, born, of, you know of the tribe of Benjamin, Circumcised the eighth day all these things. I mean he he knew the Hebrew Scriptures Now <clears throat> with with this um with this take in mind if if I've got this right that, and I could be wrong, I'm putting it out there that I could be wrong. (laughs) You know, we've been talking about false prophets and stuff like that. I would never say anything like, well, thus says the Lord, or, um, but as I prayerfully read, uh, this section of first John recently, I saw it in a way and I think this is something of the Holy Spirit, having read it prayerfully. But, again, I could be wrong. But if it is true that when, well, John says, I don't write a new, a new commandment to you, but an old one, this old one is the word which you've had from the beginning, uh, to me that's pretty clear, he's speaking of the, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, but he says a new commandment right to you, and which is true in him that is Messiah in Yeshua and in you I mean that pretty much seems to me the New Testament if I've got that right as far as the new command or the old command and the new command, then I'm thinking that after that um when John writes to little children, and the fathers, and the young men, he says, I wrote to you, and I write to you, um, that perhaps it's in light of that, the the Old Commandment and the New Commandment, with the fathers being those uh, familiar with the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, and the, the little children, uh, being those perhaps maybe they are Gentiles you know, that have not grown up in the tradition of the Hebrew scriptures, uh, they have had Christ preached to them and that's sufficient. They put their faith in Messiah and through the indwelling Messiah they have eternal life. You know he who has the Son has life. He does not have the son, does not have life. God has given eternal life and this life is in his son. We read that later in John's first epistle chapter five. But if if the fathers, old children, and young men relate to the old commandment, new commandment of which John writes, and that is the the, the Hebrew scriptures versus the fulfillment of the new covenant in Messiah, then I'm inclined to think he's uh, not necessarily writing people, though it could c- correspond to their chronological age, uh, little children, fathers, and young men, but maybe their familiarity with the Hebrew scriptures, the old command, and the new command. Alright, so, suppose that for a minute. Entertain me, you know humor me for a bit as we look at that and I know there are the verses about he who hates his brother walks in darkness and those are very important verses um, and I want to give them the attention that are due to them i'm not i'm not skipping over them because they're too difficult or I don't think they're too important at all very important um, I just want to not lose the, even though it's in context, and and I would agree that being in darkness, not in darkness, um, is related to understanding, um, being, um, having faith in Messiah. Um, I want to stay on the theme of this old and new, and and the uh, seeming chronological ages. So I'm I'm skipping those verses from now about hatred of a brother. Very important, but I want I want to give them the attention that they deserve without stepping aside from this thread. If that makes sense. Anyway, uh, to the little children, skipping down to verse twelve from eight. It says, I write to you, little children, because sins have been forgiven you through his name. And you can read my notes there. A person need not be schooled in the Hebrew scriptures to understand the saving grace that is available to them in the name of Messiah. As Paul wrote to the Corinthian believers, he said, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified although uh, ray comforts and you know living waters that group is fond of using the ten commandments to show people their sinfulness that's exactly what what the apostle paul says that the old testament is there for as our schoolmaster leads us to christ it shows us our human nature our sinfulness our unholiness as compared to the holiness of god and his righteous standards it's it's good for that yet and i'm i'm not faulting that in any way i think it's that's a great uh, that's a great witnessing method because in in Romans chapter 1 says that it is the it's the goodness the kindness of god that leads us to repentance but that comes at the end of all these things that is all these sins that are common to mankind. we don't understand the goodness of God, just how good and how loving it, it he is until we realize just how sinful and what wretches we are and deserving of eternal separation from God. how deserving of eternal separation from God we are though <laughs> we don't deserve heaven. Uh, there's none God, there's none good, not one, all we have sinned fallen short of the glory of God, like sheep we've gone astray, etc. Again, these Old Testament um, uh, verses that Paul pulls out. Uh, That said, uh, a person doesn't need to know that. You can read the New Testament without knowing anything about the Old Testament. Of course, if you read it, it is so much richer, so much deeper if you're familiar with the, the Hebrew scriptures, then the, then the Greek scriptures of the New Testament, man, they mean so much more, because 70% or more of those red letters of Yeshua, of Jesus, and the red letter editions of, of the Bible, uh, at least 70% of his recorded words are either quotations of or allusions to Old Testament scriptures. I mean, all, all the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard it said that, but I say to you, um, his his rejection of, of Pharisaical Judaism and tradition in light of what's actually written uh, in the scriptures, what's written in the in the in the books of Moses as is, is the primary content in the sermon of the mount this is what you've been told but i say to you this is this is what it says and, you know when tempted by satan his, his defense was always the word of god and deuteronomy specifically in all the cases i believe um anyway <laughs> Although the New Testament is rich in Old Testament allusions and quotations, if you've never read the Old Testament, you can understand uh, that you're a sinner, God loves you, um, you're destined, that without a Savior, you're destined for eternal separation from God, and that that Yeshua, Jesus, paid the penalty for your sin. And rose from the dead, giving the promise of eternal life for all who put faith in his name. It's you don't need to know anything about the Hebrew scriptures to understand that. And so the little children can have their sins forgiven through his name. It's it's not necessary to know anything more. It's great to know a lot more, but for the basics, you know. Um. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Um, it doesn't take a the knowledge of a Hebrew scholar and an Old Testament degree to know that, as Paul said again, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The saving knowledge of Messiah, of Jesus Christ, is available, is accessible to even little children all right out to the chat rooms again you're also quiet all right so we'll go back to the slides yeah we will and my virtual clicker where'd you go here we are all right At the first part of verse thirteen, John writes in his first epistle, "I write to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning." Again, John alluding to the beginning that we talked about. For you know, I don't write to you a new command uh, because you have the old command, which is from the beginning. Again, harking back to the, to the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. Uh, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. There's that phrase. Um, the older generation, familiar with the Hebrew Scriptures, should understand the prophecies and prophecies, <laughs> the prophecies and promises concerning Messiah. He's appealing to them. He's writing to them because they are familiar with the Hebrew Scriptures. Uh, Looking at Luke chapter 24, one of my favorite passages, Yeshua uh, talking to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, Uh, he said to them, O inconsiderate and slow in heart to believe on all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And having begun from Moses and from all the prophets, he was expounding to them in all the writings the things about himself. And, okay, beginning from Moses... And all the prophets, he, he was expanding them in all the writings, the things concerning himself. You folks who are familiar with this program, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you I know that <laughs> I've stressed this a number of times from this passage, and just from knowledge, that the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, are known as the Tanakh. Um, and that would be spelled Tav Nun Kaf. Uh, Tanakh is, um, is an acronym for Torah or Law, um, Nevi'im or the Prophets, and Ketuvim, the Writings. And so the books of Moses, the Torah, Nevi'im, the, the Prophets, and the Ketuvim, the Writings, like Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, etc., the, the, the kings and chronicles in fact in fact in the hebrew order of books that's the way they're they're organized the torah just like protestant bibles but then the prophets all together and the writings are all together it goes from genesis to chronicles not from genesis to malachi and i'm not sure why the the in the protestant order of the hebrew scriptures why i don't yes I'm ashamed. I do not know. I don't know why the Protestant order is different. Why the why the he the books of the Hebrew Scriptures were reordered from the original order. Same content, but reordered. I don't know why. But um, I I should learn that, shouldn't I? Anyway, so Yeshua. You know, having begun from Moses, the Torah, and from all the prophets, the the nevi'im, he was expounding to them in all the writings, the ketuvim, the things about himself. So in the Tanakh, uh, the entire Hebrew Scriptures, uh, he was expounding to them all the all the things about himself. So the fathers, those who familiar with the old command from the beginning ought to be familiar and understand with the prophecies and prof- promises concerning Messiah um, and John is writing to them my goodness 755 almost at to the top of the hour um, let me um, let me carry on here. Alright, the second part of verse 13, 1 John chapter 2, I write to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. So, again, bear with me here. If if the analogy of fathers, those from the background of the Hebrew Scriptures, and of little children, as those only familiar with the work of Messiah holds true, then I see young men as those who are familiar with the Hebrew Scriptures and have also embrace the work of Messiah. Um, As the writer of Hebrews writes to a Hebrew audience, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, For anyone living on milk is an experience with the teaching about righteousness. He is an infant, but solid food is for the mature, who through practice have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. So um, you know the 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 mature person brings both together that young the fathers you know, the older generation familiar with the old commandment, the hebrew scriptures the, the little children they know Jesus loves me this i know for the bible tells me so you know you know they they know Christ and Him crucified. I mean, and that's all that's necessary for for salvation. Um uh, but this the young men, those who are are not little infants, they're they're fully grown um i'm looking at them as those who are familiar with the hebrew scriptures and embrace the work of the messiah and then consider the timing of this and in, in the first century again the scriptures that that paul writes to timothy about and that are quoted throughout the new testament are the old testament hebrew scriptures that is the the written scriptures they have yes Epistles of the churches beginning to be distributed, etc. The Gospels, but to this audience of John, of course, he's writing his epistle. Of course, they have that because they're reading it. But um, as the writer of Hebrews, um, writing sometime before AD 70, because before before the destruction of the temple, in Jerusalem because he talks about the sacrifices that are ongoing or she whoever the writer of Hebrews is uh, a Jewish person no doubt because to them were committed the oracles of God um you know th- that time um um you know the person who is mature is is trained up in the Hebrew scriptures with the benefit of the living Word of God having residence in them, uh, someone familiar with the Hebrew Scriptures who has embraced the work of Messiah on the cross. So that's the way I'm taking um, the idea of of young men, you know, really familiar with the Word, but you know, they're not little children. Just with the knowledge of Jesus loves me, and they're not the the fathers, the old men who have just the the Hebrew Scriptures knowledge, but have you know the 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 bringing together of the two. Um. Uh. You know. After all, you know, that young man reminds me of. Psalm one hundred nineteen. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? Uh, that you know, it's that familiarity with this, with the scriptures. Um, and Psalm one nineteen is, of course, written before the book of Psalms was completed, so it's even referring the the writer in. Psalms is referring to uh, just the Torah, the, the 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 Pentateuch, the the five books of Moses, that a man can keep his way pure by guarding according to your word. And as an as an aside, just because I'm endeavoring to memorize Psalm one hundred nineteen in Hebrew, I'm learning a lot about the Hebrew language and the um, how can a young man keep his way pure but may is a k ar yes so um, the the uh, the is a okay, k the um, the the root um, verb there about keeping it's translated keeping pure is 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 not necessarily in the way of uh, clean, like sanitized, but, but pure, uncluttered. Um, uh, the word Zakeh begins with the Hebrew letter Zayin. Of course, the Hebrew letters are pictograms. Zayin is that picture of a Maddox, like an ax. And so, um, uh, Zakeh is about a, a cutting away or cutting away, you know, like I picture someone with a machete going through a jungle and clearing a path. It's, you know, getting the junk out of the way. So that the way is unhindered and uncluttered. How can a man keep his way pure or unobstructed by guarding it according to your word? Because the writer of Hebrews says that the mature person um, um, is, um, yeah, it has their practices? Who through practice have their senses trained to discern uh, good and evil? Um, it's it's after the top of the hour. I've got lots to do. Um. Let's just do this. We'll suffice it this way. That is, if you continue down through there, the next verses, there's a next set of verses that are, to, that are to the fathers, that are to the little ones, the little children, and are to the young men. And And if you just humor me and look at it from the lens of the fathers being familiar with the Hebrew scriptures, the, the little children, the little ones being only familiar with the the new testament basics that jesus loves me this i know when he was crucified for me and his faith my faith in him which is great and that young man being the the uh the maturity the the combination of the two the one studied in the hebrew scriptures uh, to know about the character of God and the character of man, uh, being able to keep his way pure, unobstructed, by keeping according to his word, um, and uh, you know, to be able to discern good and evil, and also having the indwelling of the Messiah, the, the law written upon his heart, rather than just on stone or in scrolls, then uh, I think you'll find it that they, um, you'll find it similar. In fact, almost identical. I believe it's an identical thing uh, to the fathers, except um, depending on the English translation, the Greek is one is past tense, one is current is, um, you know, I wrote to you, and I write to you, um, and it's and it's and the idea is the motivation, not the thing I'm writing, because there are five chapters of instructive, you know, didactic kind of things uh, in John's epistle. But there, in chapter two, he's stating his motivation. I, I write to you. I write to you because, and I wrote to you because this is why I'm writing to you. Anyway. Obviously, I could go on and on and on, but I'm going to be gracious uh, to you, and I've already kept you over an hour, and so I'll let you go. Again, if you like like this broadcast, uh, let us know in the comments of whatever platform you're watching on, or if you're listening uh, to one of the audio podcasts, uh, head on over to biblenewsradio.com and uh, on the contact page, I believe it is. And just fill out the feedback form. Just uh, share your thoughts with us. And uh, if you want to share in the work of this ministry, uh, you are certainly invited to give there on the Give page of that same site, BibleNewsRadio.com. All gifts are tax-deductible to um, Heart Tug International. All right. With that, I am going to wrap this up. Again, the uh, Lord bless you and um, be daily, be a daily disciple in his word prayerfully and ask him just to open your eyes that you might behold wonderful things uh, from his law, from his words, from the from the Old Testament scriptures, from the New Testament scriptures uh, that in doing so that they would change your life and uh, help you to walk away that is unobstructed and pleasing to him all right good night god bless